right, all right. <laughs> here on Jumpstart Sessions, excited to be here with you guys today. Hopefully, everything works out. There's some bad storms here in the Midwest, and uh, another one just passed through. So hopefully, we'll be good to go. Topics today, how to land more clients when I hate sales. I read through the comments on different uh, you know groups and everything, and this is something that I, I see. It didn't necessarily say it in that sentence, but on one line, it's the hardest thing I have is you know getting clients, but I do this, that, and everything's great. And then at the bottom is, but I hate sales. Interesting thing. Uh, what to do when a potential client doesn't email you back. I don't have enough time to get everything done, and I... I need to get so many things done and I just don't have enough time and how to deal with I don't have the budget question. So these are some things that pop up a lot uh, in people's lives. So I'm excited about talking about those today. So these sessions are designed, you know, my intention is to give you a greater sense of clarity, confidence and connection in your life, a greater sense of alignment uh, with your personality, your business, your life, and ultimately to get you more business, to get you more clients. Um, so I know that's a big struggle with a lot of people, and I kind of cover two sides. You've either got the person who's been doing well and still wants to get more business, or the person who doesn't have any business to get more business. And another person I talk to a lot is the person who's doing pretty decent, might even be doing six figures, but is really a little overwhelmed, and uh, there's just too many things going on, and they don't know how to get their life back. Because some people who don't have any business are just dying to get business. And then some people get so much business, now they don't know what to do. And so those are the two types of people at times we're kind of speaking to. This isn't a tech podcast. There's plenty of things out there where you can learn how to shoot and how to edit, how to do all those wonderful things. But so many people I see are really struggling with the kind of business and mindset side of things. And mindset matters. Simple shifts in the mind and making declarations that you are an editor, that you are a shooter, that you are a business owner. These things are powerful. And so um, that's what I'm really passionate about. And the more you listen, the more you'll see that um, I'm not holding anything back. Been in business for over 13 years now uh, and been able to be self-employed since I've really been in high school and got out of high school. So, uh, And then other episodes you'll see where I do one-on-one -on -one jumpstart sessions. So I'm, I'm doing that with you guys. And um, if you're interested in those, just hit me up and we will go from there. So super excited. Let's get into it. How do I land more clients when I hate sales? Such a, a conflict there. And a lot of the coaching I do, I have people fill out forms and I say on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love editing? On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love shooting? On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love, uh, how much do you need a jump start? On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love selling? And I would say 80% of the people that fill out that form have on a scale of one to 10, how much they love selling from a zero to a five. And coincidentally, the people who put a zero to five on a scale of one to 10 of how much do I love sales? And it's a zero, it's a three, it's a four. Coincidentally, the people who aren't typically making as much money. Because if you really hate sales, and we're gonna talk about kind of the mindset and the way to think about sales, if you really dislike sales, it's going to coincide with how much business you get. Because if you're not good at selling, if you're not good at sales, if you think of yourself as a slime bag, if you think of yourself as a sleazy car salesman, then these things are going to affect you really wanting to ever even have conversations with people to potentially do business with them. Because you're, you know, extremely scared of that. And what are they going to think? And you fear that and you don't want them to judge you as, you know, you're trying to take advantage of them. You're trying to sell them and nobody wants to be sold to. And so the thing there is, is if we can overcome that and help you shift from, you know, thinking that 
I had a guy that I actually did coaching with, and he used to be a used car salesman. And one of the interesting things was if you wanted a red car with black leather, but they only had a black car with red leather, they were going to put you in that car. And they don't really care what you want. They just want to put you in the car that they have right now that they got to get off the lot. And so the interesting thing is, um, is that it doesn't have to be that way. And this particular person I'm thinking of, he really wanted to do boat races. And, and, and think of whatever thing that you want to do, because this is where, you know, things you're passionate about can align with sales, with selling. And what I mean by that is that ultimately, you know, no matter what you love to do, let's say it's fitness, it's biking, it's, it's, you love people, you love video games, you love school, whatever it is, you can find commonalities with what it is and who you're talking to and being able to connect. Connect is a person, person to person, belly button to belly button, friend to friend. You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're telling your friend about your service, you don't feel like you're selling them, like you're taking advantage of them. You just talk to them. And I think too many people, you know, I talk about this whole subway concept all the time where it's like you're just, you got your menu and you're taking the orders. What do you, what do you want, you know, um, Mr. and Mrs. Client? What do you want? And here's what I have to offer. Here's the packages. Here's the hours. Here's the amount of people. Here's the gear. Here's the this. Here's the that. What do you want? And, and, and that's all you really know what to say. But if you're just inquisitive and you start having a conversation and you just really try to act as a, and an advisor, as a friend, to help this person. What do they need? What are they looking for? Maybe what they really need, you're not even the right fit. Now, here's something that I bring up a lot, though, that I've seen where people have been able to really break through and have a massive success with what it is that they're doing. And that's when you really identify with what you love. You know, there's multiple groups here, and, and, and there's things that I see with people of what they're obsessed with and what they're not obsessed with. If you're at a point in your career right now where you are more obsessed on a daily basis with the shooting, the editing, the technical side of things, and you love that, you're learning how to color grade, you're learning how to shoot, you're learning the aperture, you're learning all these things, you're learning all the technical aspects, and you love that, and you breathe that, and you can't get enough of that. If you are that, that's fine. Accepting that is a powerful thing. Because when we talk about being a full-time filmmaker, when we talk about this idea that you want to basically, you know, make your living with videography, with filmmaking, there's lots of ways to do it. And that's what I think it's really not talked about enough. Even as you look out there to your favorite YouTubers, some of these people, a Peter McKinnon, for example, who's out there. Now, I don't know everybody's background, so I don't want to put words, I don't want to make stereotypes, but I do know people that are out there, and not all of them have actually made a large living as a freelancer, as an actual videographer, independent of anybody, selling their own projects, negotiating, shooting, doing the whole thing. Now, a bunch have, I'm not saying nobody has, but there are people who haven't, and they've been able to be actually better at building an audience and selling things to that audience and then building that audience so now people want to give them money because they get hundreds of thousands of views on their videos. So now they get sponsors. They get ad revenue. And then potentially they sell LUTs and they sell products. And if they don't need a lot of money, that could be plenty of money. So now they don't have to worry. And that, that is a way. It's not the easiest way. But the easiest way 
is the way you, that you're going to be able to consistently do again and again and again and put yourself out there. The easiest way is the way that's aligned with you and your personality. I see a lot of people who are trying to, to do the whole thing and, you know, that, that cliche of Einstein where he says, you know, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, that fish will think it's stupid its entire life. And I believe that there's a lot of people out there that are basically trying to be a fish trying to climb a tree. They're trying to do things that are very incongruent with who they are as a person, but because somebody on YouTube or somebody out there said, this is the way to do things, and you believe and you trust that person, as a byproduct, you start doing things that are so out of alignment with really who you are, that you hit so much resistance. You know, I, I was listening to something the other day, it was talking about, you know, a boat can go out in the water. A boat can move in the water a lot of different ways. You know, you can essentially take, you know, oars and pull your way through the water, right? You can move your way through the water with some oars. That's gonna be slow. You can have an engine on a boat. You can have sails on a boat, right? All these things will get the boat moving in the water, but, you could also get, get out the back and like, you know, try to swim your way and push. What's the way of least resistance? And all these different ways potentially are available to us. But I've seen so many people who really just want to make 30,000 or need to make 30,000 who are so set on making 300,000 that they don't even make 3,000. Because if we can get you to 30,000, then you can get to 60,000. Then you can get to 90,000. You can get to whatever thousand is needed for you. But don't let anyone else ever define what that needs to be for you. Don't let anybody else ever shame you into this is what's right for me right now. It doesn't mean you won't evolve. It doesn't mean you won't change. But who are you today? What are you excellent at today? I know a number of people who have, who have mentored. This one guy just popped on here, my man Chris. We were talking about this the other day where... He owns his own business. He sells his own jobs. He does his own thing, completely independent of anybody else. He's able to get his own jobs, negotiate the jobs, schedule the jobs, shoot the jobs, edit the jobs. He gets help with editing sometimes. He gets help with shooting sometimes, but he's able to do that now. But actually this particular person, Chris, he shot, I don't even know how many, 30, 40, 50, 100 weddings with me. He got to observe me, see what I was doing, didn't necessarily make a ton of money at that time, but he was doing that and he was able to be integrated into an actual business and organization. Now, you might not find people always like me who are willing to, you know, coach and help and serve and let you start your own thing because I have a very abundance mindset. So I know that there's plenty to go around. So when the time came, it transitioned and he did his own thing. But by being able to learn under or through someone else is so powerful. And I believe that there's so much out there. There's so much opportunity out there, especially even in the, you know, the wedding industry. There's, I, I have multiple DJs that I'm, I'm friends with who are like, I do 30, 40 weddings a year, and there's only 10 or 15 of them that even have a videographer at it. So people don't have a, a product problem. They have an eyeballs problem. They have an awareness problem. So when it comes to this sales thing, when you find out what you're great at today, what you're obsessed with, you either find, am I going to be a freelancer and just be a, a freelancer in the sense of, I'm gonna have multiple people that I shoot for. I'm gonna have multiple people that I edit for. I have multiple people that I shoot and edit for. Or am I at the stage where I'm ready to do the whole thing? And I ask the question again and again to any of you, how's it working for you? That's the question that needs to be asked. Because if things are working for you, then fantastic. Maybe you're a monkey in a tree or you're a fish in water. 
But if you're a fish climbing a tree and it isn't working, we've got to figure it out and we've got to have an ability and a way to shift. I've seen multiple guys now who, I had one guy for years that have coached, he finally got, I, he declared to himself, I'm betting on myself, and this is a powerful thing, I'm betting on myself, I am an editor. He declared it to God, the universe, whatever you want to believe in. And within two weeks, now he had that, you know, when preparation meets opportunity, he'd been preparing for this for years, but then within a few weeks, a few of his friends connected him and referred him to jobs as an editor. And then he quit his job of years that was a stable, certain, you know, steady job. And now he's an assistant editor on a Netflix series. And he's like, I get what people say where when you never work a day in your life, if you're doing what you love, that's all I want for people. That's all you should want for yourself. And what peers and everybody else are doing and telling you is irrelevant because they're not you. And so for him, he was trying to sell the jobs and get the jobs, but all he wanted to do was edit. Now, he may have an editing business someday. Who knows? But right now, he just wants to edit. So right now, what do you want to do? And you can shift your mindset and recognize sales is more serving and helping and caring and connecting and doing these things and just asking questions and learning and just being a normal human being, not being some kind of person that's just an order taker and just showing the menu and being very dry or very technical and asking all these technical questions that the, the person doesn't know what it is that they want because they're not the expert in this. They don't live and breathe this on a daily basis. So Tristan says... My biggest problem is I'm scared to send out that full price invoice as a small scale business, struggling how to get my mindset around giving a deal to everyone just to make sure I get the job instead of charging my full rates and maybe losing a client. So here's the thing about that. And again, this is where context to me really matters because it's so many times um, we really don't um, essentially know what's really happening. And what do I mean by what's really happening? Well, he asked me a question. Now, here's the questions I would have if he ends up popping back is that. Do you just get an email and the question is, how much are you and can you do this? I mean, my buddy Chris, we always talk about this when I'm coaching him. You know, he gets emails, you know, if they, especially if they're cold and nobody knows who the, you are or anything. They just find your website. They find your information and they go, hey, here's my project. And they spell everything out. and Here's what I need. And, and they might be like, oh, it's not that hard or we only need you for three hours or whatever. And then you are thinking, okay, well, they told me all the things they need. They got, they got two days. It's from eight to five. They're saying they want two cameras. They're saying they want this thing like this. And they're saying all these things. And so you're thinking, okay, now I got to respond back. Okay, well, I'm available for the dates they have. I've thought about it all. Okay, to do that, it's $2,000. And so then you write this really, like, yeah, congrats, you know, congratulations, here's the thing. And you're like, okay, well, here's how it goes and here's how I do it and here's how I offer it and, and here's how much it costs and it's $2,000. And so then what happens is, is you fire off that email and then you're like, anybody who can't is only listening, I'm like crossing my fingers, closing my eyes, and I'm hoping that I get an email back. And then what happens? Well, if I, I could make the sound effect, it would be crickets right now. You don't get anything back. They don't reply which is so coincidental. That's one of the topics we're going to talk about. <laughs> they don't reply, right? They don't reply. They don't reply to you. It's a perfect segue here. So what happens when they don't reply? 
What happens when you reach out to people and they don't reply? Do you reply to every single human being that ever comes in contact with you? Maybe some people do. <laughs> but, oh, the suspense. Um, some people don't, but people are busy. And here's what I find, especially in the video community and a lot of creative communities as well, is we are not a priority, typically. And the more you shove something down someone's throat to make yourself seem like they need to make this whole thing a priority right now and the more aggressive you are, I believe in long-term relationships and, and, and things like that, and that's going to be so much more valuable than the alternative. And so here's the thing is that we are not a priority, and I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, and these people are – I'll contact you. Like I just saw one that I know. He has a big thing tonight. My buddy's filming it. And uh, it's all set up, and he posts, oh, my God, my, my event's tonight, and he's been promoting and planning for, like, I don't even know how long, three to six months at least. And the day of, the day of, there's a post on his page that says, hey, I'm having this thing tonight, and I just completely realized I don't have a photographer. Anybody available? The day of. Been, I, there's been a bazillion posts and promotions around this thing, and the day of, he is saying he needs a photographer. And so, in the world I run around in, these entrepreneurs, they're not preparing. They might know that they need me. They might even talk to me nine months in advance. And then three weeks out, and you could argue, well, you should charge more. You should do this. You do, I, I, that's irrelevant right now. What I'm saying is, is that the amount of times that I have had things where I've emailed, we've had connection, we've even talked, they're excited, they're pumped, entrepreneur or not, and then boom, zero dark 30. I did this to people when I was doing my wedding. You know, I'm sitting here and, um, you know, I'm contacting somebody, I'm excited, I like them, all things are well, and then basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, I don't reply to them because life happens, this happens, that happens. And so if you have a level of empathy and rather than defaulting to what our world has taught us to do, which is defaulting to the negative, defaulting to the worst, defaulting to they don't like me, they don't want it, they're not interested, is that follow-up is powerful. Follow-up is so powerful and having that level of empathy and not follow-up of like, I sent you a message, didn't you get it? And, or these nasty things because we're like irritated but just simple, simple follow-ups. And so I've found many a time, I have one buddy for seven months he followed up with sometimes no replies, other times just, no, nah, I'm not quite ready. And then finally sending the right video, the right email at the right time, which you can't ever know, the people emailed him right back because he sent a video in there and said, hey, this is something I think we were gonna do together. From there, the guy was ready and the timing was right and he emailed back, they got on the phone, they've done tons of work together and he's referred them to tons of people and that's why I talk about something that I did learn many, many times ago which was TOMA, which is top of mind awareness. And so the beautiful thing even with social media is rather than business cards or whatever, TOMA, top of mind awareness, is with social media rather than even handing out business cards, connect with people on Facebook, right? Connect with people where they are and then be sure to post the things you're doing. Because the more top of mind you are, that person might sit stealth and linger and lurk for months or even years. And if you're still doing what you're doing, boom, they might just pop out um, right at the right time for both of you. Like you were really busy and then boom, you, you get a little unbusy. Where's the job's going to come from? But because you've been watering the plants, you've been doing the things, boom, something sprouts. And there's an opportunity that nine months ago you met and you interacted and you emailed with that person. But if you're not top of mind, then when they are ready, when it is a priority for them to do what it is that they were contacting you about to begin with, you may be forgotten. So it's very important to 
keep in touch and not, you know, go to the negative. Now, sometimes it's true, but in my entire career of everything, I've only had maybe two or three times where I've ever had somebody that I've annoyed them and they're like, leave me alone, you know, some weird version of that. But most of the time, what I find is, is people end up just being like, I'm so sorry. I'm really busy. Things got crazy, da, 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 da. And it's all good. But we've been programmed to go to the negative. We've been programmed to email people one time, call people one time, message a person one time. And then because of the wonderful, wonderful world of, you know, technology being able to tell you whether or not somebody read it, take your wife, if you're if boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, whoever, if you're with somebody, test this out for me. Open up your messenger, okay? Open up your messenger and basically type a really long thing out and have your other friend open up their messenger and look at your open and be ready to receive your message. Now, here's the kicker. Click the send button. The other person immediately, as soon as they see it, click away. And at least what I found is on the other person who sent the message's side, it's going to say seen. Now, if you wrote a big paragraph and that person, it showed up in their thing for a millisecond and they moved away, they did whatever. And now on your end, you're like, oh, they saw my message. Oh my God, they're not interested. They never replied to me. And you go into all this stuff in your head. And believe me, believe me, I've done this. I'm not saying I'm infallible here and this does not affect me in any way. It does. But... The reality is I've been training and training and training and training myself to not have it as negatively affect me as it used to. And so because there's these little triggers like that and you just have to have some empathy and you wait a day, you know, you wait a day, two days, three days, a week, whatever, and you follow back up and just say, hey, I don't, don't want to bother you or anything, but I just want to make sure you saw this. And I've had so many times where people go, oh my God, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for following up because I forgot all about it because it got away from me. And people have kids, they have this, and they're busy, and they look for a second, and they go on, and they get all these other messages. And I've had people, plenty of even the higher profile people I deal with. I just heard a podcast with Tim Ferriss who said he had 680-something thousand unread messages. So don't go to the negative and default to that all the time. Follow up. Sometimes I've even followed up on different uh, formats or different platforms, because you don't know who checks what all the time. Um, but, you know, I hate to say this, and some of you, you don't want to do this because I'm big on personalities and behaviors and different types. It's what we're kind of talking about when I hate sales. It's like, well, you can learn to, to, to shift some things around and become more of the salesman, or you can learn to just sell to a few people who are great at selling, and all you have to do is show up and shoot. All you have to do is show up and edit, and that can be a building block to at least get momentum going. It's the same thing here, right? You know? Follow-up might still, you don't want to bother the person. Well, you know, the reality is, is I just found you're not bothering people. And a lot of people appreciate the little reminder. Um, so don't, don't dig in so deeply into everything being a bother and a nuisance and an annoyance and all these kind of things. So uh, see what we've got here. So that would be almost everyone right now. Very small town I've worked with recently. My first real estate video blew up and I have two burglars just wanted me to present to the realtors. I'm honestly scared about falling under the market because of my soft backbone when it comes to talking about pricing. This is where the more one does something, the more confident one will get. It just, you know, I believe in some versions of fake it till you make it and all this stuff, but, but the, the truth of the matter is, you don't have to fake it anymore. I think it was uh, Sasha Fierce. I heard my, my one friend talks about the alter ego and he brought up Beyonce and how Beyonce is actually, believe it or not, more of an introvert. 
And for years, she had to put on this alter ego. And when she went out on stage, she became Sasha Fierce. And there was just this thing that, that came over her that I'm Sasha Fierce. I'm fierce. I'm powerful. And I'm a, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And as we got out there, they're like, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody and you know, everything else. And went back to that kind of more introverted ways. But that Sasha Fierce, and then she's like, I didn't need Sasha Fierce anymore because I was Sasha Fierce. Like I became powerful. I became confident. I had enough people tell me I had enough this and that, you know, all these things. And so that's why when I talk about confidence right there, you know, one of the best ways to become more confident is to do something. And in the beginning, it's going to be tough. In the beginning, it's going to be difficult. You know, what I'm doing right now today, honestly, isn't something I always believed in myself. I wasn't confident in. There was a time when I was a super confident, confident and confident videographer. But by God, when it got on getting on camera like this and doing what I'm doing right now and um, believing in myself for this, my ability to, I mean, I'm like in a freaking, I'm in my basement right now recording this in my little setup and I'm talking to a freaking computer and I see that there's like, you know, 20 something people potentially on live right now. This is taken, I did the math. I've done at least 120 hours, at least, of just Facebook Live. Just Facebook Live. Some version of what I'm doing right now over the years. That's minimum. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that outside of that, all the talking and everything that I've had as well. Um, so my confidence, you know, we always see people's todays. And one of the things I really, 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 really want to be cognizant of is to not forget my yesterday and to help you understand that, you know, a guy who's getting $10,000 for projects today more than likely didn't start his career getting $10,000 projects immediately. Now, some people move very fast. It's a personality trait, right? Some people's engine doesn't go more than 100 miles an hour, you know, and they're on the NASCAR track trying to keep up with 200 mile per hour cars. Nothing wrong with your car. It's going to get you from point A to point B. But the reality is you're going to be on the wrong track if you're on the NASCAR track. And you're going to feel like that fish trying to climb a tree. And so the same thing here in regards to people going, well, I cracked the nut. You know, here's what I do today to maintain and keep getting these types of clients. But what did they do yesterday? What did they do when they started? That's a very important thing. And is who you're learning from. This is one of the powerful things that I've had some people say to me in regards to kind of coaching and support and mentoring and why focusing on kind of the videographer and the filmmaker as a collective whole is where I resonate the most. Because if you want to talk about competition, if you're competing with the world, that's going to be difficult. If you're competing, you know, niches in the riches, it doesn't mean you have to do the same thing and that's it every day, but it's powerful to become focused, right? Who gets the most amount of money? Does the you know, general practitioner just clicking and banging and, oh, yeah, you think, okay. Or the specialist. The specialist does. Uh, but it takes time to become that. It takes time to find out what that is for you. And that's how you're going to get more confident is by doing more things, finding out what you're excellent at, what you're great at, you know, what only you can potentially do. And then from there, that's going to help you with your pricing, with your everything else. So don't worry about where you're at right now today, which ties us into the next one. And I don't have enough time to get everything done that I need to get done. So I don't have enough time to get everything done. This is where priorities, which we've mentioned on here already once, are very, very important. 
if you're if you got a wife and five kids and the wife doesn't work, she stays home with the kids and all the kids are under the age of eight. Well, that's that's going to be an interesting thing, right? That's going to be an interesting thing for your situation to be able to make things happen because maybe you have this nice, secure job that pays really well, takes care of the whole family, but maybe you have really limited time to spend on things. Maybe you have this, you know, eight to five or six and you only have evenings, you only have weekends. So how much time, how much, what sacrifices are you willing to make? How much time are you really willing to put into it? So many times in groups and things, we see people say they went full time, but we don't know the whole story. We don't know what they sacrificed. We don't know what they did. We don't know what their situation is. We don't know what their income needs are. We don't know, you know, whether they live in their parents' basement, which is how I started, and, you know, need $500, $800 a month, or whether they need five dollars to $8,000 a month. Right, because somebody who's built their business so far making $3,000 a month but needs eight won't be able to quit their job necessarily yet. Right, and then depending on the tolerance for risk, and again, are you married with kids or are you single? All these things will, will matter because if you have momentum, then if you're losing 40 to 60 to 80 hours a week, what would happen with that extra 200 hours a month? Would you be able to stay focused? Right, some people when their back's up against the wall, they're great. At making things happen. Other people, you know, when their backs up against the wall, they are crippled. You know, I did lots of same day edits through the years. And for me, I performed at my best when I was under pressure, when I didn't have the pressure, when I didn't have the reaction. So how do you set yourself up for the greatest level of success? Knowing your personality, having an awareness, knowing how much time you have, and then having the ability to recognize what you need to say no to, what you can't do, what's unnecessary, and, you know, people, especially ones with jobs, the beauty there as well is that you have a lot of leverage because you really don't need to take on any project that you don't want to take, per se. You only can take on the things that you really want to do and that you're excited about, and you also don't have to worry as much about what you're getting paid for it. The person right now who's like, I got to get money, I need money bad, sometimes is in an interesting situation, which is why they end up taking on a bunch of projects and things that they don't want to do. And I would argue that no matter what you do, you need to find a way to take those projects and use them as opportunities. No matter what you're getting paid, no matter what you're asked to do, if you're doing it, make sure you're taking those opportunities to then also spend a little extra time and create the thing that you want to do. Create the little passion project out of it. Create the thing that you'll be really proud. You always want to create things you're proud of. But I find that too many people, again, are the order takers. They're taking things they're not excited about. They're creating things they're not proud of. People see that. The word of mouth starts to happen. And then the word of mouth happens for things you don't really do, want to do and that you're not excited about. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and so it's important that you, as quick as possible, are doing things that you are excited about and creating work that you're proud of. Because when people see that and they come to you and they want you to do that, you're going to be pumped to do it versus you've now built a business, you've built a life that is just all around doing things that you're not passionate about because it's really hard to succeed when you can't pour some enthusiasm and passion and you're having to come up with this false sense of like enthusiasm just because, because there's always going to be somebody better. There's always going to be somebody more excited. And so if you're not, that's going to be potentially an issue. So the final thing here, how to deal with I don't have the budget. What I say, and I, I, I bring this up a lot, is, is this water bottle thing. And some things need to be repeated because just because people hear it once, they don't seem to get it. I know I don't. <laughs> some people do. Um, but the water bottle that I have here holds 16 ounces. 
You put it under the sink, it holds 16 ounces. So keep in mind that although you can always potentially shift someone, which is an example I'm going to give you here in a second, some people just do not even have the capacity. Whilst others have the capacity, but because they don't know what they don't know. So a lot of our clients might come in and they'll say, you know, uh, especially in the event and conference and whatever world, they don't know what they don't know. So they might think, oh, I just need a camera guy. You know, we only need it for five hours. And can you come, you know, just stand behind the tripod, hit record. Shouldn't be that difficult, blah, 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 blah. So it's real simple. They make it, they make it sound so simple in their mind as well because they think it is. It's like, oh, the guy's going to, you know, I don't have the stuff. I don't really know anybody, but I don't pay a lot for this because, I mean, I value it, but I don't. I just need somebody to stand there with a camera and hit record and film for me. And so the average person might go, great, I can do that. How many hours do you need? Do you need two cameras? Do I need two people? And they might go, no, I think you could be fine probably with just one. The thing is, is that if you do that and you just say, yeah, okay, blah, 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 you ask them some questions, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's a thing as well to, you know, you get an opportunity and you take it potentially if you're at that stage. But if you want to be more than just a commodity where they're just like they're not willing to pay more than five, six, seven hundred dollars for that, then you have to be having the ability with kind of some of the stuff we're talking about. It's not just sales. It's creating a vision. And some of you, it's very easy for you to create a vision. And others of you, it's not easy at all for you to create a vision. Um, some of you love having a blank slate and some of you don't. I know for me, if somebody goes, well, you're creative, come up with the concept. I'm thinking, uh, well, yeah, kind of, I, I am creative in certain ways, but if you just give me the, the blank canvas, I, I don't necessarily know. So let somebody like a music video. They're like, oh, well, you know, you're the creative one. Can you come up with the concept? Like, I'm not that guy where some people are like, oh yeah, I can see this. I can see a field da, 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 and all this stuff. So you got to find out where do you fit there? Because one of the best things you can do is create the vision for what's possible and what you could do and what other things are possible with that. So for the guy who just thinks he wants to stand behind the camera, this is where then when you become the specialist, when you become the expert, so we've shot lots of events and conferences for lots of different people, but there's still similarities. These people sell courses, they have the live event, they have masterminds, they have different things. And so we have that ability to create the vision of what other things could be possible that could be done that they might not be thinking about that will bring much more value to them and to their audience and then help them do the main thing that they want, which is help them get more business. And if you're doing a wedding, you know, it depends on your personality again. I mean, if you want, there's love stories, there's all these other things you could create. Do you want to create them or do you not? And if you do, the easiest thing is to get them at the most simplest level to do the best thing possible. And then from there, create a vision for some other things that could be possible. You know, a lot of filmmakers and videographers, they're storytellers, right? And so how great are you at telling a story, conveying a story, having a conversation and using story to do that? You know, that's why I'm talking. I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, imagine for a second that I got on here and I talked like this. First of all, you know, People, people busy. I chime in here in the middle of the day. You know, it's it's on Facebook. There's a lot of little variables here. So people come and go. But the reality is I probably have zero people on here right now if I went and said, if I got on here and said, I'm Michael Gevin, and today uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with the I don't have a budget Um so you don't have a budget. Um, okay, well, um, I mean, could do you think that there, there's any way that we could increase the budget? 
Um, I mean, my services are valuable. I mean, I bought a red weapon the other day, and that was $50,000. And so, um, I mean, naturally, my services are, are worth it, and they're valuable. Um, hopefully, you, you can see that by the fact that um, I have expensive gear and, and cameras, and um, I deserve to get paid what I asked for. <laughs> I'm extending that out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like hard it's like painful to do but some of us we don't know you know i have a buddy who had this one documentary promoted and he had this one guys get on on tv and the guy basically stuck his head in his legs because he was so terrified and you know the concepts and the things we're talking about today if you're terrified of talking on the phone to somebody if you're terrified of meeting somebody there's an issue there for sure it's very easy to get on a Facebook group and go, I'm terrified of sales, and then for 14 people to leave comments and be like, just get over it, man. Just do this. Just do this to it's like, yeah, I wish it was just that way, right? Don't you just wish you could just snap your fingers, magic wand it, and it goes away because somebody just said, get over it, or, you know, this is what I did. That's great. Those are not necessarily bad, bad things, but someone who's terrified at that, that's an issue, and it's not necessarily easy for them to overcome. It's like phobias and different things. Things aren't necessarily easy for one to overcome. So somebody who, like for me, I've always been able to talk to people, but I wasn't always able to talk in front of people. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, theoretically, I'm not talking in front of anybody right now, but I also am. But then the other aspect is one-on-one, I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking in front of somebody. But for me to stand at a networking meeting and the little thing where you go around the room and then you stand up and you're like, hi, I'm Michael Gavin. I own Gavin's on video. Like, and you got to do this thing. My heart would pound, pound out of my chest. I hated that. I would even do what I could at times to avoid even being in the room. And I got to go to the bathroom when that's happening so that at least it chimes by, you know, it goes by me. And they don't usually come back around and have anybody do it because they missed it. And so off I go. I hated that in school. I always hated that. And honest to God, getting in front of this camera when nobody was around actually built my confidence more than attempting to go in front of the people. But I can tell you this. When I got in front of people and I spoke about what I was confident about, and I honestly, you know, the funny thing is, is because of how I am. I mean, you listen to these episodes, they're 30 minutes to an hour long. The reality is it's a lot easier for me to not have anxiety to talk for about 30 minutes to an hour about some stuff than it is to stand in front of that room and talk for 30 to 90 seconds because I feel like, oh my God, I got so much to say. How am I going to say that? What am I going to say that sounds halfway intelligent in 60 seconds? I'm just saying hello in 60 seconds. And so let me see what Tristan says here. So Tristan, you sound like me trying to vlog about how I do things. I constantly have to remind myself. Uh, it's not a bother. It's the difference between making a sale and helping a customer or losing the sale and my customers move on. Absolutely. Nicole's a rock star. Shall follow Nicole. She is, a, she is a rock star. Absolutely. Love you, girl. Uh, so proud of everything you've done. And, but yeah, Tristan, but that's the thing, right? I showed the one video, you know, you're not going to be confident overnight about something. And that's why, I mean, I'm doing this because honestly, these are the things that I don't feel like any filmmaker or videographer, you know, 13 years in, in basically owning my own business in the video production world. Um, I used to be a kid who was 19 years old and said, who's going to pay me 500 bucks, $500. I remember seeing, do my first wedding for $500 and seeing, um, a company charging, um, 
I think it was 1800. And I thought they were ripping people off. And then I got about as high, you know, I think my top wedding I ever personally did before I had stopped was in uh, $6,000 maybe. And I got to a place where I was averaging between three to about 4,500. Um, whereas I was a kid who was like, who's going to $500? And then, you know, but this, this took time to build up. And quite frankly, if I take my glasses off and I were to shave my face, this is the kid. Like, I'm, I'm about to turn 33, but I don't honestly look a lot different. I just have some glasses. I have some facial hair. And I do now possess a level of confidence. But it has taken my, my Vimeo account alone has like 2,000 plus uploads. You know, I have done a lot. Like I said, I've done 100 plus hours of this. So it has taken years. I think one can expedite it. One can figure out what more one's sweet spot is right now. And then as a byproduct, lean into that more right now. And as you grow with that, you'll grow into the next thing and the next thing. And then, you know, five years pass, 10 years pass, time passes. Now you'll be this more well-rounded person who has multiple skill sets and multiple things that you're confident in. But if you're being shoved down your throat to do a certain something that you don't really want to do, it could really throw uh, a wrench in your success. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to see that in people. I hate people not getting to do what it is that they love. And that's really what I want for people more than anything is for their ability to really do what it is that they love, have fun doing it, be proud of the work they're doing and make their living doing that. Now, some people are making their living and they're actually still stressed out and they've created a cage that they can't get out of. And it is, is very difficult. Either they have clients in work, they make great money, but they have clients in work that they don't like, or they have so much work that they have no life and they have no free time. And so these are important things for me to help those two, because I've been at both stages where I'm stressed out of my mind because I don't have any work, and I'm stressed out of my mind because I have too much work. It's like finding this happy medium and getting this right support and help around you so that it keeps you in your zone of genius. It keeps you in your unique ability. It keeps you in your sweet spot. It keeps you in your superpower. That is very important. And I know that at times this isn't the sexy topic. I'm not talking about transitions. I'm not talking about color grading. I'm not talking about cameras. And I know that if that's the passionate topic, that's fine. But there'll come a time where either things are working or they're not working. And these topics and these things need to be discussed. And hopefully I'll be there in your corner to, to help out when that potentially is the case. Um, because, you know, um, just honestly, we all know the person who doesn't have that great of work who does really well. And then we know the people who have great work and don't do well. We know people who have great work and do well, and we know people who don't have good work and don't do well as well. But you're more likely if you are a confident person and you're good at sales and you're good at connecting, you're going to have a potential better business than the person who just isn't good at those things. And it doesn't mean you can't succeed. It just means we have to find the right sweet spot for you. And know that you're not alone in this journey and that there are plenty of people out there who struggle at all different stages. And if there's one thing I've seen and I heard somewhere is the only people out problems are in graveyards, right? Everybody at different stages, right? Some people say, give me that problem. But you know, if you can't manage money when you don't have much, just because a bunch dumped on you doesn't mean you'll manage money any better. That's why a lot of people who win the lottery lose all their money and they go bankrupt very quick because they didn't know how to make money to begin with, but they didn't know how to manage money to begin with. They got a lot of money and now it goes away. So we got to take things in stages. You know, baby's born, you can't take a baby and immediately put it in a Ferrari. It can't drive a car. 
And a lot of us are trying to learn or go and do things and go from, I was just born to I'm driving in the Indy 500. And it's difficult to do that. So we've got to find that sweet spot. We've got to find um, the right spot for ourselves and figure out what's going to work. And context and nuance and, 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 and uh, specifics matter. And so the things that I help with are not just the one-size-fits-all approach. Everybody can do it this way. Everybody can follow one formula and have success. I think there's a lot of people through the years and what I've observed who are very frustrated because the reality is they're following formulas and frameworks and it's not working. And it's because of a lot of reasons. And if it is working, fantastic. If it's not, let's figure it out. So anyways, rock and roll. Appreciate you listening. And ultimately, if you want to go connect with me, you can go to my personal profile page, facebook.com slash gebs86, a picture of me and my wife. And uh, that's G-E-B-B-S 86. I really want to just dig into, you know, the mindset and the business and into people's problems and situations and challenges and struggles and help them overcome them and help them win. So if you're interested in all that, then subscribe, check it out, follow, like, love, whatever's best for you. It's available anywhere and everywhere. And um, super excited about this. So I appreciate you all so much. And I hope you're having a phenomenal week so far. Truly grateful. Truly grateful that we have this technology and the ability to do these things and that people can, you know, get the support and help that they really need. So appreciate it. And wherever you're at, stay dry, stay cool, stay safe, rock and roll, and we will talk soon. (laughs) 